You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Hey Selfish Babe, if you've ever wanted to start your own podcast, I recommend trying Anchor by Spotify. It's the platform I love for podcasting. I really love it because some days you just want to get out what you want to say easily and the Anchor app allows you to record your podcast right from your phone. One of my favorite things I love about Anchor is that you can add background music to each episode and cut audio quickly to add in advertisements. Anchor will distribute your podcast to all the major platforms like Apple, Spotify, Google, and more. Anchor is free. To get started, go to anchor.fm to start your podcast today. Maybe one day you'll be making millions from your podcast. Hey love, welcome to the Selfish Bay Podcast, aka Selfish Talk, hosted by me, Olenike O.C. Selfish Babe is a personal development and women's lifestyle brand dedicated to women learning how to selfishly and authentically love themselves. On this podcast, expect to have your mind expanded, curse words said, and to gain a new perspective about who the fuck you are. Let's get into it. Hey, beautiful selfish babe, it is your girl Olenike Osi here, and in today's podcast episode, I'll be joined by my good, 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 good dear friend, Miss Omi, who is a mental health therapist as well as a holistic health consultant. She's also the owner of the Omi Wally Center, which is a holistic health center that focuses on soul care, travel, natural medicine, meditation, and spirituality. You can follow her on Instagram at Omi Wally, O-M-I-W-A-L-I, as well as her center, the Omi Wally Center. I'll be linking her information below. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about her personal experience in having a physical father in her life, but how he has abandoned her and how she actually navigates that currently and how this experience has also brought her closer to self-love. Now let's get into it. Hello, beautiful selfish babe. It is your girl, Olenike Osi here, bringing you another selfish talk. And today I have a very, 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 very wonderful special friend of mine, Omi, who has decided to join us in selfish talk. So Omi, I want you to say hello to the selfish babe listening to this and introduce yourself. So peace, 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 everyone. Uh, My name is Omi, Omi Kunle Ekundayo. I am the director of Omiwali, which is a holistic health service. Um, I'm a first year mind body medicine student studying integrative mental health. I also work in child welfare. I'm from New York. Shout out to <laughs> the selfish babes in New York. <laughs> <laughs> so today, um, me and Omi are going to be talking about the topic of, you know, having a father, having a father being alive. <laughs> 
in your life, being alive, but not actually having your father in your life. So the topic of absent fathers and how do we navigate that as women and how does that affect our self-love within ourselves? And Omi is going to share her personal story and how she's actually working through that currently. So Omi, let the Selfish Babe listening right now know your story. Okay. Oh boy, so I am the the oldest of 11 children from my father. And um, my father has a relationship with all of his children, except for me. Um, and I never really quite understood that. Um, and I guess until I was an adult and I was able to just reflect on just how things went and what I was able to come to the conclusion is, is that um, he and I, both of us didn't do a great job at fostering that relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, a big thing was acceptance. He didn't look like the father that I wanted to have, Mm -hmm. um, if that makes sense. Uh, Again, like I was the oldest of all these children. And um, I have a question. What was, how did you want the father, like how did you want him to look like? Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. I just, I wanted a TV dad. I wanted this illusionary, you know, version of a father, you know, like, I'm gonna keep it real, like my dad missing his two front teeth, sis, like, I just wanted, you know, I wanted someone who just looked like they had it together, who actually had it together, that could also be there for for me financially. That was a big thing. I thought that being able to provide for your children financially was being a father. And I I realized in adulthood that that's just part of it. Yeah. Um, And so I would say that acceptance, um, not being able to accept him for who he was, uh, it messed with my own self-acceptance because I am him. There's, 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 there's no other, you know, way to put it. And so me going through life saying, I don't need my father and I'll, I'll be okay without him was really just neglecting half of me. Yeah. Um, and with that, I also wasn't able to accept other people in my life, you know? So I'm walking around not accepting myself, not accepting other people. And I'm wanting people to be who I want them to be. You know, mm, I definitely understand that. <laughs> I definitely understand that. Right. Sis. So I just felt like he wasn't enough. Yeah. So then I felt like I wasn't enough. And, you know, that energy, it, it definitely influenced my relationships with um, with men, you know, just like not feeling like you're enough, um, constantly feeling just that any any disappointment that happened in a relationship with a man I'm triggered from childhood you know oh you just like my dad you know what I mean and yeah that constant fight it was exhausting yeah you know um and I just felt like I always was on the defense and I always had those boxing gloves on mm-hmm. and um would you be I actually like specifics on like or specific examples in your relationships, how that kind of came up with your dad? You understood that your dad kind of issues kind of came up in relationships? Yes. So I would say most recently what's come up is that I don't expect the best 
And like, if something's happening, if there's miscommunication between me and my mate, um, it was just, they sent me a text message. I completely took it the wrong way. The almost in the, like, the most worst way. And I'm walking around and I'm carrying all this energy because we weren't able to just talk it out until like the end of the day. And I explained to him how I received it. And he was shocked. Yeah. He was shocked that I thought of him in that way and that I didn't assume the best mm-hmm. of him. Mm-hmm. And um, but I don't I don't know what that looks like. I don't I don't know, you know, like I felt like, you know, I have to reprogram myself to just accept the best from um not accept but expect the best and I guess if 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 it if he did intend to hurt me that's a conversation we can have but I had already created like this drama in my head and this illusion mm-hmm. um because I don't think that I have seen I guess a healthy relationship you know between the I think we're supposed to write and we're supposed to have that with our fathers, mm-hmm. see it with our mother and our father, or at least someone, you know, auntie and uncle or grandma and grandpa, but, you know, the relationships are so um, unhealthy in our community sometimes. And I know we have wonderful examples, but speaking to my personal experience in my family, um, we definitely need some, some more healthy examples. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, just trying to figure out what is um, acceptable and what's not, what's real and what's not, you know, because I really did create an illusionary problem that didn't exist. And from that text message that he sent you? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we talked about it and he told me that this happens more often than he would like. And what happens um, more often? Me just being so defensive and assuming the absolute worst about his character. Yeah. And... um then I was just like, okay, what is that? Let me sit in meditation and let me try to figure out why he and I, you know, like, why do I assume the worst about him? And that's something that I've always done. Like, I always just go to, like, the worst possible thoughts um, when something goes wrong. But he was saying to tell you that you shouldn't expect the worst from him, that you should expect the best from him because he wants the best, like, he wants the, like, he's not trying to intentionally hurt you. Right. And so at least assume the the best until we can have a conversation versus me walking around caring and, you know, a drama that doesn't really exist because I had assumed the worst. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Would you be able to talk about uh, some childhood experiences in terms of maybe you kind of got your hopes up for your dad and then your hopes kind of brought down? Okay, so I would say that I never really had my hopes up for my father because, again, I never really accepted him and I didn't want him around. But I will share that this this weird interaction that we had mm-hmm. um, when I first met him. I have no memory of my father's family before four years old. Okay. I didn't find out until maybe about this summer actually, or this spring that I did have communication with them um, when I was from about from birth to two years old. And then there was a two year period where we didn't see each other. Um, but I remember 
seeing my grandmother in like it's this old store called Caldors. It's like what Kmart or like a Target would be now. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother is this tall, fair-skinned woman. Um, and she just picked me up and she was rocking me from side to side saying, hi, grandma's baby. Hi, grandma's baby. And I just fell in love with my grandma. She took me every other weekend. Yeah. And um, I remember being in her house and my uncles would come in because my, my my father has two uncles and a sister mm-hmm. um, who I'm very, very close with you know but I'm not close with him Mm -hmm. um and I remember like when they would come in I was like look at them you know and then I would just run behind an end table or a bed or a couch and I was just like hovering you know and eventually that all went away and I fell in love with my uncles and my auntie but with my dad I never stopped doing that I just always ran from him and I just never quite felt safe did he ever go after you he he didn't actually make an effort. I think he was hurt by my reaction. Oh, okay. And that was just it. Yeah. But my uncles and my aunties were like, girl, what's wrong with you? Like, come over here. You know what I mean? And like they introduced themselves and they made me feel comfortable. Um, and I want to say about two years ago, my mother's mom, my grandmother told me that my father was abusive during uh, her pregnancy. And I think that my little self being in, in that young age, I was still very much so connected to the spirit realm. And yeah. I just remembered that trauma. Yeah. And that's why I was running away from him. Mm. And I think that him not trying to foster a relationship with me was his guilt, mm. you know, in, in doing that. Um, Do you think yeah. that he was abusive to other women or other, your other brothers and sisters' moms? I'm, I'm unsure. Yeah, I'm really unsure because they all love him so much. Yeah, and they would all take him back if if he would allow them. You know, if he decided like I want to be with this baby mom today or that baby, mom, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, mother of his children. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. But I was just thinking that when you were talking about um, the example of when you. What he'd walk in and power behind something and then he didn't really chase after you and maybe going back to the guilt of of maybe the abusive situation that um when your mom had while you were in the womb if that had any connection but just thinking about that so thank you for sharing that mm, no problem mm-hmm. yeah so he says that because we had this experience uh, or this interaction when i was 18 where we, i went to a family cookout family reunion very small though because we have a big family and I hadn't seen him in years so it was like a lot of shock I had to process that and I spoke to everyone I spoke to him but I spoke to him last like I greeted everyone I hugged them and I again I greeted him last and my grandmother says out loud like I'm like a a seven-year-old did she speak and that just created so much drama yeah, I don't think that they understood how heavy that was for me, you yeah. know, and I, I did speak, but it's yeah. like, I, would, were you going to punish me if I didn't speak? You yeah. know what I mean? What, yeah. what was going to happen if, if I, if I, if I didn't speak? And so it just turned into a big drama. Um, and it's interesting because my uncle who I came with, he's my favorite uncle. I love him. <laughs> um, 
he um he was also not in a good space with my with his mom with my grandma so yeah. we both just left yeah we um we decided to leave for our own like mental health and peace because we were having a really good day together and the energy was just so thick um yeah so um so we left but then we came back because mm-hmm. we were like you know what we have to actually address this and he told me my father during that like that situation he said that the only reason my uncles and my aunt are in my life is because he asked them to be yeah because i wouldn't allow him to be in my life mm-hmm. but i was a child i was a four-year-old five-year-old child and all it would have taken was time yeah I think. You know, at did the time. Think, but did he think that you wouldn't allow him to be in your life because you said that or because you were cowering when you were running away? Because I was cowering when I was running away. And he also had this illusion that my mom was telling me bad things about him. But oh. my mom never did. Yeah. He, he really, he said that. He said, did your mom um, talk bad about me? Like, why don't you like me? Why didn't you like me? What did she say? What were some of the things she said? So my mom never spoke a bad word about you. If we had a bad week, but we didn't have a lot of food, she might have said, I really wish that I had the help of you guys as dads. But that was it, you yeah. know? Yeah. So um, I think his own insecurities really just affected him being present. Mm-hmm. And so after he said that, did you guys have a, a conversation about that? We did. Well, we um, we actually didn't get too, too deep because, I mean, there were tears and just it was just a strange feeling, I guess. Um, so I think we just kind of wanted to get back to the family. So we just exchanged numbers and we made this commitment to text more often and be more involved. And that didn't happen. Did you text him? <laughs> I texted him a year after that on his birthday to say happy birthday, and that was it. Did he so my birthday, he, he did. did. Okay, <laughs> he said thank you. He did, and I thought that that would have been a good opening because my birthday is one month after his. So I'm like, maybe if I te- you know text him on his birthday, one month later he has an excuse to text me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nope. Oh, so he didn't end up texting you. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's the last time we spoke. How did you feel about that? Like on your birthday, did you have an expectation of him texting you? Mm, I did expect it, but it wasn't a huge loss to me based on his track record. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Like he showed me who he was and where he was. So so moving forward, like how do you feel about things? Because I mean, so what you're saying right now is that your dad is pretty much absent in your life. And so moving mm-hmm. forward, how are you dealing with that? I I try to engage in something called completion medita- meditation. It's mm-hmm. called different things by different traditions, but I will basically uh go into a trance like state or just into meditation. Um, and I will visualize the disconnect, just the situation. It could be that barbecue I mentioned, me walking in and speaking to him last and all the drama happening, and then reprogramming or rewriting that script of me going up to him and hugging him and feeling empathy and forgiveness for him, Um, and basically just rewriting the narrative so that my subconscious mind can receive that yeah, because it doesn't know that that's just a meditation. It thinks that that's real, yeah. and that will 
bring healing to my soul. So mm-hmm. completion meditations are very, very a part, of, yeah. very much so a part of my healing process. <laughs> I think that's actually really great. To- Thank you, sister. Um, and then I actually box. I'm like, cause like I said, I always have the boxing gloves on. <laughs> so I'm like, let me actually put on some boxing gloves and um, get that energy out. Yeah. And also balance my energy because I can be so sweet, so feminine and not have enough of that masculine, raw, you know, like <laughs> Ogun, Herika Huti, like, yeah. you know. <laughs> so um, boxing has been a great help. It has definitely built my self-confidence um, and I see it in, in, in areas of my life um, and okay. my program at work, calling people out. Man, somebody in the IT department. Ooh, sister, I told him off recently. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, now you're saying that you're not afraid to step into that masculine energy and, and speak when you feel the need to. Exactly. And tell people what I need from them. Yeah. Because you know? I didn't tell him what I needed from him. Ah, I like that. I like that a lot. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So are those the two things? The completion meditation and walking? And then there's a breathing method that I like to do as well. It's called mm-hmm. alternate nostril breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that uh, the selfish babes, they can Google, but you pretty much just put one finger over one nose and you just you breathe in through that nose and you breathe out through that same nostril and you just switch alternate nostril breathing. And what that does is it actually brings balance to your feminine and your masculine side. So is there a side that you, okay, so let's say I do this. Do I do one side for like five times and then another side for five times? Like, or is there, is there a specific number on each side to do? It, in certain traditions, it is so spe- specific in that way. But for yeah. me, I just try to do one and one. Um, or if, like you said, if I do five sides, five times on this side, I'll do five times on that side. I just try to make it balanced. And so you do that, like, would it be random times that you do that? Like, I just, like, is there, like, a feeling when you're, like, okay, I need to do this today? Like, you know, like, what brings that about? Like, okay, I need to do the alternative nostril breathing. It will be a feeling. It's like, wow, today I'm just, I'm not feeling balanced. I need to feel grounded. Let me go ahead and, you know, let me do my alternate nostril breathing. And it really does help. Mm -hmm. It truly, truly does help. Um, It is something that used to be a part of my daily practices, but I've had a lot of transitions, so that's a little thrown off. So I just do it as needed. I'll be at my desk, like, (laughs) doing, like, you know, my alternate nostril breathing. Um, And then also breath of fire, because we talked about um, that masculine energy being uh, deficient in my life. Mm -hmm. And the breath of fire it revs up your will to do things um because men you know i mean not to not to be dated with gender roles but universal energy is universal energy and men have um that you know that heru willpower shango like i'm gonna get this done i'm gonna set this goal i'm gonna complete it so breath of fire correlates to the solar plexus okay um which is like located near our belly buttons mm-hmm. and uh you you feel breath of fire it's, it's a it's a exercise where you breathe in very very quickly um i would do an example but you know we're doing oh, do an example. <laughs> okay so it's like 
So you breathe in, you breathe in that quickly? Or just, or just in breathing in quickly? You breathe. Actually, you breathe. You breathe in and out. Just It's so, so quickly. It's like, am I even breathing right now? But it's like... Actually, breathe out. Just like one, two, three, four, five, six. Just very quickly. So you take a great deep breath in and mm-hmm. then slowly let that air out. Like with the... And then your stomach should be moving, right? Yes, it should be moving like... Okay. <laughs> like your stomach should be like moving up and down, in and out, like when you're doing the posture. Make sure you're doing that. Okay. And you're saying that by doing that, it brings you more willpower? It does. It revs up the life force energy that mm-hmm. sits in your sailor plexus chakra. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just, yeah, you just feel alive. You mm-hmm. know, you just like maybe like a shot of caffeine okay cool could do that to get it on mondays especially (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. and i would say one of the last things that has helped me is i've identified um i guess somewhat of a pseudo father um someone an elder in the community that i feel safe with that i'm able to talk to about anything and everything and I'm really I really am able to talk to him about a lot even just things down to sex you know um just everything financial PhD stuff just everything um emotional things that I cannot get over um and he's very much so there for me um I'm just so grateful I'm so grateful for him and I'm not trying to replace my father with him yeah because that is not my dad you know Biologically, it's not, but spiritually and energetically, that man, he is my baba. How would you say that if a woman didn't want to do that in her life, if she wanted to have like a pseudo dad, what would be your suggestion to her going out to get that? Hmm. I think that I would suggest that they allow it to happen organically. Mm-hmm. And to ask the universe and God or whomever they call the creator, whatever they call the creator, to make that person, to allow that person to be revealed to them. Mm-hmm. If they're a person that does readings, they can do readings on it for confirmation. But I think it will be this intuitive feeling when they know I feel safe with this man and I think that I can, I can move forward. You know, so are the selfish babes that may be new to calling mm-hmm. on the universe or calling on the creator, would you be able to give an example of, this is what I'm asking for. Mm-hmm. You're going to ask the universe now. I know you already have, but like, what would they do? Like yeah. specifically, what would they say? Or about what would they say? Right. So an example of something that they could say is, you know, Olo Dumare or God, I am I'm striving to heal from the absence of my father please reveal to me a man that is in my life, physically in my city, that I can connect with and grow with and learn from so that I may heal from the absence of of having a father. That's an example. I like that. Did you hear when she said physically in my city? That is very specific. So that means, yes, you want this person in your vicinity. So I'm glad that she mentioned that because that was very specific. So what she's talking about is basically manifesting that 
that pseudo father in your life. So you're going to call on to the creator or whomever it is that you believe upon. And you're going to ask specifically for what it is that you want out loud. And then after that, what do you just say to wait? Um, yes, I would say to wait and I would keep asking, asking. Um, I would even put it on paper and put it somewhere special in my room. Um, if they have a shrine, if they don't, if they're new to their journey, it just, if, whatever sacred book that they have um the bible the odu the quran it doesn't matter the color purple is your favorite book something that has meaning for you just put it in there um and just you know that it's going to happen because when we ask the universe for something it happens yeah um and that's a fact that's universal law i like that so would you say that even though you even though you've had an absent father in your life that the experience of you having an absent father in your life has brought you closer to self-love? And if so, uh, give a little bit about that. I know you mentioned some things that you were doing. Yes. I would say that doing this work, the biggest, the biggest um, movement that it has brought me towards self-love would be that self-acceptance. Mm. Absolutely, because I think that I had somewhat of an identity crisis for mm-hmm. a while, just like not knowing who half of me was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was kind of pulling on people's personalities who I admired, um, women, like particularly women, who I'm like, wow, this person really has it all together. And she tells funny jokes. I want to be like her. And this person is really intelligent and she speaks very well. I want to be like her. And so I was just going through life kind of like, I want to be like this person because I was not enough. Mm. You know, I didn't feel like I was enough. Um, I didn't have enough self-acceptance because of not accepting my father. And so walking in my own truth and in my own power and just loving myself for who I am has, it just has been transformational in my life. So that was, that was so far to date, that was like the biggest mm. revelation that I've had. I like that a lot. Would you say that, so it's good to admire people, but mm-hmm. keep in mind that you want to be able to accept yourself. Like you don't want to yeah. necessarily be like, oh, I want to be like that. Or I want to be like that. No, you want to be like yourself, but you admire those qualities about those people. Right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And admiration, like you said, it's healthy, mm-hmm. but not when you are kind of like, not happy with who you are, you know? Yeah. And I have a question. Like, how did you accept your father for who he is? Because I think, mm-hmm. not even just like fathers, but mothers and parents in general, like how did you go through, okay, I'm accepting you exactly as you are. So you and I, we both went to the Heal in the Heart Space retreat mm-hmm. in 2016 in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, Honors, who led the, Jay English or Honors, he led a meditation in which we were healing some childhood um, traumas or experiences. And he asked us to go back to the moment our parents decided that they wanted to have us. Mm -hmm. And I did. And I'm just looking at them like I was like a fly on the wall, just in this room. And they were just so in love, my mom and my father. 
And they wanted to share that love that they had in that moment with a little person, you know, with me. Because they actually planned for me. I was not a baby that just happened. Like, they were actively trying to conceive me. And so I I just told myself that um, I was created out of love, and love is going to be what heals my relationship with my father. And so for whatever reason... He, he made decisions that he did and I can only empathize with him and just, I think what has helped me accept him is just feeling or just trying to believe that he just did the best he could with what he had at that time. Yeah. I think, I think that's the best answer because I was going to say like, well, what about uh, if your parents did not really plan to have you, you know what I'm trying to say? You just came into the world, you're here and it's great that you're here, but for a lot of women out there and men out there, they're they're here. They weren't planned, you know. They just got here, <laughs> and they're here for a reason, by any means necessary. Yeah. But, you know, I was gonna say, what about for those people? And then when you're like, because I've heard that too, in terms of like, that's it. The belief of they they did the best they can with what they could. And I know to like the selfish people out there, you would be like, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but I'm gonna just say. That you saying, yeah, but is a lot of energy to something that you cannot change. So you can either believe they tried the best they tried the best they could with what they had, or you could not believe it and continue to be angry and resentful. But I will say that um, when you want to believe in the second second part, you saying angry and resentful is doing no benefit to your life. So you can believe this lie, choose the lie that you choose to believe. Like I talk about it all the time. You can lie to yourself and choose the one that benefits you. I would rather choose the lie that benefits me and continue to believe in that because I know there's some benefit in that. And so for me personally, I didn't have my physical father in my life because he passed away when I was a baby. So I did have a lot of things for me in terms of figuring out who I am, not feeling whole and seeking male attention. A lot of you guys already kind of know my story about very promiscuous when I was younger and it's a lot of whole other things that I've done, but really just seeking male attention because I felt like I didn't have them in my life. I didn't have a protector. And, and I felt like when I was with different guys sexually, they were protecting me or I felt that male attention. And I'll have a whole nother episode on that separately, but I'm really happy that Omi was able to come on here and talk about her own personal experience that she is still experiencing. And I think one of the things that I really want us to keep in mind is that we will always be experiencing something. So for me, when it comes to self-love and, and healing, it's not uh, a one and done. Okay, I did this. I'm done. I'm healed. No, I really believe that we are con- we are on a continuous journey of healing. And there's a lot of different energy that you're going to gain, learning lessons that you're going to gain through the experiences that you are doing. So as Omi shared, she is still going through this and she is healing through this, but she's picked up some good habits that she can instill in her life for her healing process. And I really commend you, Omi, the fact that you are even doing this right now, right? How old are you? Tell the world. I'm 26. Right? 26 years old and and doing this. I know a lot of us could be in our 40s, could be in our 50s, and we are still holding a lot of resentment for certain things that happened in the past. And what I want to ask you guys to do is to let that shit go because I want you to be happy in your life or learn different habits that can help you let that shit go. So it's going to be a continuous, continuous learning experience. Is there anything else that you'd like to share on me? I think I think my biggest takeaway or something, the last thing that I would like to share would just be to 
again, just acknowledge that your parents did the best they could and um, with what they had and to just accept yourself for where you are in your journey. And like you said, make decisions, uh, lifestyle decisions. Like we, I really truly, truly believe that behavior change is what will bring peace back into our lives with this. Yeah. For the women that are experiencing this. So you have to actually make a lifestyle change, a lifestyle yeah. modification in order for this to actually work. It has to be, and be persistent and, and disciplined and diligent and active in trying to heal yeah. from this. Mm. And I have a question. So if you were to end this sentence, what would you say? Sometimes self-love is... I'm gonna say I'm gonna say challenging. That was my first yeah. mind, yeah. and I hesitated. Mm-hmm. I, you saw me hesitate. <laughs> I hesitated to say it, but yes, just challenging. Challenging. Why would you say that? Because you have to admit that you don't love yourself, or that there's parts of yourself that you don't love. Mm-hmm. And then Can you say that again? All right, I fucking love that. You have to admit that you don't love yourself or there are parts of you that you don't love. Oh my God. Girl, that is so true. Wow. Now that was a word. Oh, we gave a word today, y'all. <laughs> that was a word. Wow. Wow. Continue. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's shocking. Cause you, you think that you're okay. You know, and you're like, but I, I do love myself. What do you mean? And so now you got to reconcile with the fact that you thought you didn't love yourself and then reconcile with actually now filling that void yeah. with, with love of self. So it's just, that's why I say, you know, it can be a little challenging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I like that. Wow. Yes, ma'am. I'm going to let that sit. Okay. <laughs> Gonna let that sit, okay? Let that sit and resonate in your spirit. Cause that was hard. That was cute. I loved it. Man. So thank you. I just want to say thank you, Omi. I really appreciated your energy today. Um and uh just thank you for sharing your story and for the self-respect listening. I affirm that you were able to get some healing from this story. And if you are currently working through your own trauma of maybe not having a father in your life i'm affirming that you also taken some of the lifestyle habits that we did talk about in this podcast and that i'm wishing you well on your journey you are not alone there's so many other women out there that do not have fathers in their life and we're all still navigating that you know because even though we may not have a father in our life. It's coming to the realization that we are whole, but it's actually going to the realization of believing that you are whole because at that point you feel like you're not whole and you believe that you're not whole, but it's working towards working towards believing the belief that you are whole. So I affirm that you are whole, my love. Thank you for listening and I will talk to you later. Oh, wait, wait. Omi, what's your Instagram? Where can I find you? They can find me at O-M-I-W-A-L-I, mm-hmm. O-M-I-W-A-L-I, or visit my website, um, www.O-M-I-W-A-L-I. We're also on Facebook. You can type in the same thing, O-M-I-W-A-L-I, and we will pop up. Omiwale! <laughs> yes, yeah.
Thank you, beautiful. <laughs> Thank you for having me, sis. I appreciate you so much. Oh, no problem. Hey, beautiful. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Selfish Babe Selfish Talk podcast. If you feel like this episode has helped you in any way and you think that it could be impactful to a girl or a woman that you know, definitely send this episode to her. Also, make sure to download our Selfish Babe app to receive self-love inspirational messages throughout your day found in the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. You can also head over to our website, SelfishBabe.com, to join the community, find out about our Self-Love Academy, and to shop our apparel. You can follow at SelfishBabes with an S on Instagram, or you can also follow me on Instagram at OlenigayLC. I affirm that you have an amazing day. I will connect with you on the next episode. Episode and I love you. Mwah.